Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting, as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all enjoying listening and reading. I am very lucky today. I have a very new friend. His name is Christian Methot. He is the owner and lighting designer at Design One Lighting Design out of New York. Thank you so much for making an hour to sit down and chat with me, Christian. Thank you. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. So I'm, re- I'm really excited to reach out to you because you and I share uh, something that we see as a problem. I see so many people on Zoom and as lighting designers, directors, programmers, none of us are taking the time to light ourselves on Zoom. Some of the people who have been in this industry for so long and they know the importance, they know how important it is to look good and how to get rid of shadows and stuff. We're just not doing it. We're not... We're not even helping ourselves because I don't know if we're just not interested or if we just not taking the time, but you've come up with a solution for that. And I, I would love to hear how that came to be and what the plan is. Yeah, sure. Um, the product's called uh, camera ready light bars. It's available at camera ready lighting.com. Uh, and it actually was a solution uh, that I uh, put together very quickly uh, on the heels of my wife, who's a personal trainer, um, asking me to come up with a solution for her. Uh, she had transitioned all of her in-person clientele uh, that she usually visited uh, in and around New York City, um, and she transitioned them all to Zoom so that she could uh, continue to work with them uh, and continue to give them her expertise. Uh, but she noticed that the the camera on her uh, on her uh, MacBook made her look terrible, uh, and she said, "You're a lighting designer. Give me a solution." <laughs> so I came up with a solution, <laughs> and uh, we did it. You know, I did some uh, some preliminary uh, product uh, um, reviews on this fixture, that fixture. We've gone through a couple different iterations, um, but now we have. Um, a product that's in stock, ready to ship, uh, and it's uh, what we like to call portable professional desktop lighting. Um, it takes the very basics of, uh, of 45, 45 degree lighting uh, on your face uh, to, make, to make you look great uh, and to make you stand out from everyone else on the Zoom call. That is, that's brilliant. Uh, I know that this is just a podcast and you guys can't see any of the links, but uh, I, I do, I did put a link to it and these are so small and so sexy. They, they're, they're very well priced and uh, I look forward to seeing them out there and about. Uh, I put the link to the website. It's camera ready lighting.com. How did you, 
How are you able to get these together so quick? Half of half of what I do is architectural lighting design. So some of some of this knowledge came from that world, uh, and then we were able to to piece together. Um, you know, knowing that a quarter twenty thread is what, what all camera mounts are. So we wanted that to be what the light had, and that figured out that uh, a miniature tripod also had the same mount. We were able to so very quickly. I was able to put together a kit uh, of you know, frankly, relatively readily available things um, that put together have a, a unique solution. And so, you know, now we've now we're doing uh, some relationships with uh, with the lighting manufacturer who actually makes the fixture. Uh, and it's basically, you know, it's basically at this point a, a, a private label uh, a, a situation. You know, we're able to get these together uh, and ship them out super quick. Um, the custom little pouch that goes with it all all comes together as a very convenient little kit. The whole thing is 11 inches, uh, 11 inches long, six inches tall, and holds either one, two, or three of the light bars with a uh, tripod and power supplies. Um, nice. No more than two pounds for the whole for the whole thing. So um, when you do start traveling again, which we're all going to start traveling again, mm -hmm. uh, you can put it in your backpack on the plane and set it up in your hotel room because the Zoom calls are not ending. We're just going to keep traveling, but I don't yeah. think the calls are ending. So, I, I'm with you. I used to abhor Zoom calls. I, I I was a text, email sort of guy first. Calls if it was important, yeah. and the only time I would do Zoom is if it was like a really large group meeting that I had to be a part of. There's so many studies that are saying that the productivity is way up with all these big companies with everyone working remotely because everyone has to pay attention. Nobody's, nobody's, you know, making dinner. <laughs> or, right. Like it's changed from the regular conference call we used to all just mess around on conference calls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now it's our livelihood. And yeah. it's, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to get too political, but it's stuff like that kind of makes me think that the internet is a necessity now. I don't want to go as far as human right, but it's, Oh, that's interesting. It's, it's yeah. really gone that far now that without yeah. the internet, you and I would be stranded right now. Yeah. Well, and other countries certainly, right, are doing that uh, and making it, you know, blanketing the countries with free internet. And then, and then it's the sort of click to buy uh, format, right? It's like the internet's out there. You just have to, you know, you have to buy something like a phone to use mm -hmm. on the internet. India. Right. For example, right, blanketed the the country with, or a company, I should say, right, the company, you know, the country with with free Wi-Fi, and if you want their phone, it works on Wi-Fi. You buy it. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan. I remember when we used to travel all the time, and we'd have the the calling cards, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, uh, an international phone call used to be a thousand dollars a second. No, and it's now, incredible. It, now. It's basically free. You hop on Skype or whatever. And I, I don't see the Zoom calls going away. Even when it comes time to travel, like we just can't, we can't go to dinner the same way we used to do to build relationships. We go to the pub quite the same. It's going to be, it's going to be Zoom for quite a while longer. I've also found it to be great for collaborating, right? Being able to share a screen, go over drawings, red line a drawing. Um, a lot of, a lot of the work for me that did continue throughout COVID was the architectural lighting design that we do. Um, and 
a lot of the in-person meetings that we would normally be doing with the architects and developers, we were doing online with six and eight and 10 people, you know, ho hovering around a, around a drawing uh, with, you know, a person marking it up as we were talking. Mm -hmm. Much as you would do in their, you know, in the architects or developers office, just not having to travel to their, you know, not having to travel, which frankly I was okay with. Yeah, as a, as an interim introvert, I I'm down. I I love. <laughs> I I I can go full introverted for about a week. I don't know if I was prepared for five months of introversion, right. but but yeah, I. Well, this uh, is your. I think this is your solution, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so before the the isolation period, I used to do one podcast a month, and now I'm doing like a one a day because. This is my only interaction. I mean, I love my kids to death, but uh, they don't get to talk about light bars and new technology right. quite the same way as Christian does. Yeah. They're wonderful. Uh, they, they try really hard to try and... Uh, <laughs> I, I call house lights go to them at night when we time to put them oh, to bed great. and they, they turn off the light switch and that, that helps, me, helps me eat the pain <laughs> just a little bit. That's good. So you're saying productivity is going up? Now, That's because what with all these big companies, you look at the stats from the big companies like Google and Apple and, um, and, they're, and they're saying that productivity is up because people are at home. They're working the way they'd like to be working. They're working when they want to work. And when they're working, they're being super productive. How interesting. Yeah. Like just, uh, it's another reason to be more aware of our zoom meetings and just kind of put yeah. a little time because this is going to be around for a while. We should yeah. take time to look better and, well, and be, exactly. make a better, exactly. better presentation. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know where it's come up. Um, I got, we got some of our first sales with a couple of AV companies who are sending them out as they're doing um, some of these remote town halls, mm -hmm. uh, right? Where they're uh, sending a laptop uh, and a router out to, uh, a, you know, an executive, to make sure that they look good um, back to the back to all the um, employees at home uh, as they right that was one of the things we were just starting to get into before uh, before COVID hit was doing uh, town halls and doing these um, sort of half half meeting half uh, broadcast setups um, for some of the Fortune 500 companies uh, and now I think they're finally figuring out that we're not going to be getting back live together soon anymore and they still mm -hmm. want to be able to be de delivering good messaging um but finally but are now starting to be okay with spending money on it right like mm -hmm. for a while this whole idea of the remote was like oh if it's remote it's free right like right. there's still people sitting around switchers and and you know and monitoring uh, the sends and the feeds and the right like it doesn't just happen right now i uh I wonder if this came from your already natural affinity for knowing that lighting is important in the corporate environment because coming from architecture, I mean, that is your, your entire yeah. job is to make sure that people don't notice the lighting, mm -hmm. but also notice that it, the feeling that they get from the lighting in a corporate or architectural environment. Yeah. Oh, look, and I, I, I draw from I draw from my experience in the theater for that, right, for any of the lighting I do, which is that I feel that, um, you know, unless it's an EDM show, uh, and even then, 
you're in support of of whatever it is you're in support of the artist right mm -hmm. so if it's a, if it's a subdued uh focused corporate environment the lighting can't be glaring and it can't be the star right, right. You have to allow the people in their environments to be able to get done what they want to get done in a comfortable, focused manner. Um, and, you know, to me, that's the same as lighting a theatrical production in that I'm there to service what's happening at the moment. If they're mm -hmm. sitting down doing a two person, very, you know, dramatic dialogue, I shouldn't be doing the cues from the musical number. <laughs> right. So it's. Right. It's sort of of that likeness, so. Nah, there's so many places now where the lighting has been an afterthought and it's just, oh. it's, a, it's an assault sometimes <laughs> yeah. where they just, well, we have to have lighting. Let's right. just put something in on autoplay and let it do a rainbow chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's offensive sometimes. You, you I mean, can it's tell even, that they I've didn't. Seen that even on the outside of like hotels and stuff where, you know, in, in Manhattan, where someone obviously like got a good deal on some lights and uh, put them up uh, again, kind of, you know, after the fact, it wasn't thought of during the original designs of the building. Mm -hmm. So therefore it just looks like a bunch of color blasts slapped on the, you know, on the front of the place. And to your point, you know, nobody thought about why they were putting them up there. Uh, or does the hotel have corporate branding or do, you know, and just let some kind of rip through, rip through color chases. Yeah. But apparently if you go to, if you go to the Hong Kong skyline, that's kind of in. So that's just, that's just their aesthetic. So it really just depends on where you are. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough one. It's, it's hard to tell when it's even nighttime when you're walking through the streets of Hong Kong. Cause it's just, yeah. 24 seven blinky flashy stroby ness yeah. you know there is not very much that is low-key subdued right it's no very very much in your face even driving through las vegas down the strip sometimes it's hard to tell if you're even getting pulled over because there's just always flashing in the back light in your back window all and the video screens all the i mean it's insane right the amount of light pollution Thanks to the video walls, man. It is this entire buildings that are just video wall. Right. Yeah. And that was just unheard of. It was some neon here and there and some. That's all in the garbage down the street, right? That's the, what's the, uh, there's the. Downtown. Uh, walk through. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Even that, even that used to be the, the downtown dome, mm -hmm. the canopy mm -hmm. that used to be all lights. Yeah. And then it went to LED and now it's just a video wall. It's, yeah. I love the fact that they're going greener per se, but it's, it's not <laughs> yeah. exactly the, it's probably a lot more power drive. I always appreciate design in an architectural space where you don't even notice it. Yeah. You, you just, as soon as you walk into like a lobby or something and you're just enveloped by the lobby and you, you're not straining to see anybody or anything. And there's the nice accents. Is, the hope is to make it welcoming, right? Uh, right. It's a, a, a lobby uh, is a gathering place. It's a transient, uh, it's a transient space in the, uh, in the building. You know, nine times out of 10, people are heads down on their phones, uh, just kind of getting from one place to another. Maybe there's some nice artwork in the lobby. You want to make sure that that's, you know, well highlighted. Um, 
But other than that, you want to make, you know, you really, it wants to be welcoming. Uh, you want to, it doesn't want to be so dark as to, as to sort of slam your, you know, slam your eyeballs uh, coming off a sunny street. Uh, but even that, there's a couple of those that are effective. So, uh, you know, it, it really depends again on what, on what the directive is, but, but welcoming for sure is what, you know, what I, mm-hmm. what I'm thinking about when I'm designing a lobby. So how did you make the jump from theater to architectural lighting? Was it a natural flow? Or did you plan it? Did you fall no, into it? I've always been intrigued with architecture. Um, something that I just always have found particularly interesting. Um, and then when I moved to Manhattan, one of the very early on in my lighting career in the theater world, uh, doing off, off Broadway, one of the producers opened a restaurant uh, and asked if I could do the lighting. Uh, it was the galaxy restaurant in union square. It's not there anymore as of relatively recently. Um, and, and I just said, yes, right. I didn't really, <laughs> didn't really know necessarily what I was doing. Um, how hard could it be? So, so I said, yes. And, and it went really well. And we put a, a fiber optic starscape in the, in the ceiling, um, uh, backlit, uh, a resin, um, bar, like some really cool stuff that, that, that definitely got some, some, some notice. Um, and from there it was definitely, you know, from there it was definitely an easy transition. Um, but in general, my career has been saying yes to stuff that I maybe only sort of knew what to do with. And then, you know, you, you figure it out, you look it up, you figure it out, you ask somebody, um, and then you, and then you, they make it your own and you, you make the way you do it your own. What a learning curve that must've been to just hop in with both feet and you're like, yes, I, I, I have the, I have the fundamentals. I know what, how to light. Yeah. So let's. Sort of no, out. I, I would imagine the paperwork. It, it, went, it went surprisingly well. Um, you know, the internet was certainly not what it was now. I was definitely like getting books from the library and making phone calls and fig- figuring stuff out a little bit more scrappy than now, which would be a pretty simple like Google for how do you light a, you know, how do you light a restaurant? But, how do I light a restaurant? Yeah, really? <laughs> 10,000 results. Right. Yeah. And then you just watch a couple of YouTube videos and then you're an expert. Yeah. <laughs> You just basically download it from the matrix and you're like, yeah, I'm an architectural lighting designer. That's exactly what I'm glad you said that because that's exactly what I think of every time, every time I think that's because that's what my kids do, right? They're like, what do you, you know, do you know how to do that? No, give me a second, you know? Yeah. And they go watch a YouTube video and I'm like, oh my God, it's just like the matrix. I'm a philosophy major, dad. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's talk about Socrates and Plato's cave. Here we go, dad. I joke that the only difference is that uh, when you choose a light in the architectural world, it gets built into the sheetrock. So you, you can't rethink where you want it. Right. In the theater, you can move it over a little bit this way, a little bit that way. I suppose <laughs> you could make everything track lights, but nobody likes track lights on it. You know, yeah. It's not a good solution for everything. So That's so early 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you have there's so much forethought. I mean, there's when I walk down the street and you'll see lights that you, you know can't ever be refocused mm-hmm. and you know that it was uh, an arc source at one time and it was, maybe it was a halogen at one time and now slowly by slowly they're all getting changed to LED yeah. and so much time and effort has to go into those because it's, we don't have the same time frame. In yeah. rock and roll and theater, you can, 
change things on a dime, but in the architectural world, the, the time frame is so no, and, and you know, Frankly, once it's in those drawing sets and it's approved for construction, there's not really any changes without mm -hmm. getting in a lot of trouble and causing people a lot of money. Right. In theater and rock and roll, if I want to change something, one person can do it. Yeah. In architecture, if one if something needs to change, you're you're going to require ten different people to link up and. Yeah. It's a real you know the the trickle down the trickle down is really difficult. I would imagine that that kind of leads to a lot of diverse opinions. Uh, do you run across that a lot? Do you get a lot of people wanting to put their uh, their spoon in the soup, as it will? Yeah, it depends on the group. I think I've got at this point in our at this point in my career, I have a lot of repeat clients um and with the repeat clients i find that i that i'm less inclined to to have to remind them why they've hired us mm. but with the new clients i do get this sort of like are you sure you know what you're doing i'm like <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm lighting certified i'm like you know like I'm like i'm like couldn't be any more legit i got you trust me right you've hired me for a reason you know let's let's go down this path together but i do find that half even with my even with my old, oldest clients half of what i'm doing is education right I'm trying to get them to understand why i'm making the choices i'm making why it's good for everyone involved and and then it, then from there it, there's usually a good line of trust but early on i do find that there's a lot of people with a lot of you know you get the electrician making suggestions they'll um, mm -hmm. the architects making suggestions, you know, and it's a, it's, it just gets to be, and that's, is one of those places where I'll just put down my foot and be like, guys, you're paying me as your lighting designer. Don't waste your money. Right. Like I've got you. Mm -hmm. If I'm wrong, I'll admit I'm wrong. Right? right. Let's move forward with how I'm suggesting we do this. And I think we'll come around to, uh, so, you know, I think we'll all agree that we made the right choice. Now, another art to that, and this goes to, theater, corporate, architecture, fashion shows, you name it, is trying, trying, there's, there's a very careful way to get your opinion through while letting it seem like the client came up with it. That's, right? that's a huge I know, point. We all know that one. It's right? a very and, valid point. Yeah. And so I think that's, that for me is like the careful secret weapon, which is like, get them to think that they've come up with the idea that you're trying to, you know, that you're trying to bring to the table. Um, and then that's usually the easiest way that to <laughs> it's uh, you kind of have to mold their yeah. opinion together into yeah. what you know to be correct. Uh, yeah. For lack of a better term, it's correct. It's more right than anything. Well, right. It, 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 I, I do argue that in design, there's never, there's never right. Yeah. Correct. Right. There's only opinions. Right. So. Man, I must, I can only imagine what it's like, especially in New York city where there's just constant restaurants going in and out yeah. and for them to, I mean, for you to even be at the table for them to still be questioning. Uh, I'm sure it happens all the time, but you know, like, man, you know, we're in a really competitive game and you hired me. Right. I have a good, I have a good one for this. Uh, we finished a lobby. I won't name, I won't name the address. Uh, we finished a lobby for one of our, uh, uh, real, uh, real estate developers that we've done a lot of lobby work for. 
and a lighting designer, another architectural lighting designer happens to work in that building. And unsolicited by the developer or by me, submitted to the developer their list of things that they thought were incorrect with the most recent lighting design that was done in the lobby. <laughs> and would they like wow. to and would they like to hire their firm to help them clean it up? <laughs> That's ballsy. Look, it's you know, it's a great way to try to get work. In this case it didn't work for them because uh, all the things that were of issue we knew were of issue and were on a punch list waiting to get fixed and it was just <laughs> we were just waiting for contractors to do what they do which is to you know tell you know the contractor has to make sure that everyone understands that it's not their fault and here's the you know here's how much it's going to cost to change and you know right. and it's, just, it's one of those kinds of back and forth so anyway i just thought it was great so oh, that is uh... and just when you thought you had your client you know carefully in hand uh, someone else just comes in and says, "Hey, I could do it better." And look how bad this guy's doing it. Wow, I, that's uh, even in uh, concert and theater world. I mean, that's kind of—it's pretty cutthroat. That's pretty cutthroat. I want to say cardinal sin, but I want to say right. cutthroat is, be is a better term. It's not a sin per se, but it is. That's just—it's uh, nasty. Yeah, I mean, look, I've had—have I had? People I've brought to jobs hand out their business cards. Yes. Have I talked to them about it afterwards and said, please don't ever do that again? Yes. So <laughs> it is a tough, it's a tough market. It's a, you know, there's only so many of us. Yeah. I, so fill me in on how often you bounce back and forth between theater and architecture. Is it a constant thing or have you kind of switched? Pre-COVID? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, before we got flipped on our heads yes oh yeah no 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 so uh so arguably we're arguably i'm 50 50 right impressive like, yeah yeah so you know we'll have um we'll have a, a couple fashion shows going on we'll have three or four corporate events uh going around uh to different parts of the country uh at this point with our uh, as our designs and also with our equipment um, and then we'll be working on, you know, six and six month and year long, uh, architectural projects, um, including, uh, two high rise towers, two twenty seventh, uh, two twenty seven story high end, uh, uh, rental high rise towers that are going up in New Rochelle right now. Impressive. Yeah. It's a really nice mix. It keeps, it keeps every day really interesting. Uh, and also when the one market is ebbing, hopefully the other market is flowing. Right. Do you find that to be crucial these days? Is it very I do. I do. crucial to be diversified like that? I do. Yeah. I see, you know, I see lighting designers who, you know, like only do fashion lighting and that's not sustainable these days. Yeah. Not even pre COVID. Right. Pre COVID. That's it's very hard to be sustainable. You have two big bubble, seasons at least in in uh in new york uh mm -hmm. and if you don't make your annual nut on those two big you know on those two seasons there's not a lot of stuff in between and i you know i just think i've always i've always been interested in anything to do with lighting so i just like to be diverse i don't want to do the same thing every day so it's just been you know that's definitely for me been 
been the key is to find something to find things that are you know in different markets and i really enjoy it it sounds uh satisfying to be able to bounce back and forth because i know myself i have eternal grass is greener on the other side itis yeah where when i'm doing architectural i want to be doing yeah. i want to be punting a show and if i want to if i'm punting a show i was like man i sure would love to have a time-coded show right now yeah and when i've got something that only has a, a a day to put together. I was like, man, I sure would love some more time to put this together until I get an architectural design. And then I'm like, man, this is taking for freaking ever. It does take forever. It does take forever. Uh, it's a very, very, very different pace. And I'm always impressed that things ever get built. <laughs> but <laughs> that's true. It feels like nothing ever gets done, but it always does. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's nice. And I, I, you know, I think I certainly missed, I missed the travel of, of the live events that you know that I've been doing, um, the I certainly uh, am super bummed out that we're not that I'm not doing the opening night ceremony for U.S. Open this year. Um, they actually are playing tennis, uh, but just without audience. Um, well, that's an interesting. That'll be interesting. I thought of all I thought of all the thing all the times it would be great to do a opening night. Uh, would be a time that I could put lights anywhere because there's no audience. So, <laughs> man, what a catch twenty two! There's right. no audience. We let's fill the let's fill the the arena yeah. with lights. Like, That's no, right. No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, for me, it would be great. <laughs> oh man, I think we're gonna find out if the audience has that much of a an effect on play after that. Yeah, I know. It's, it could be very interesting to see. We may not like, much like this productivity, you know, everyone staying home and being more productive, we may not like the answer, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you seen the ones where they take the, the baseball diamond and then the back wall just becomes like this giant zoom wall? I haven't they, seen it yet. I'll have to look at it. So basically you buy your ticket yeah. for, the, for the baseball game and you just get your little zoom square and obviously everybody's coming from the same Oh my God, that's feeds. That's cool. The back wall is a giant Zoom feed, yeah. and as as everybody logs on, it just pops up there, and they're they're watching. They're and you're and, and you're actually able to then be captured on TV. Yeah. Oh, that's hysterical. That's yeah. great. That, that's a good idea. Those are the sort of ideas that we kind of have to come up with right now because a great idea for for better or for worse. I mean, the human interaction is going to be limited for some amount of time. I just think that if we were offering some you know, big name performer and a great show, you know, a great light show. Uh, why wouldn't more people tune in remotely? I don't know. There's, don't always, there's, been a, there's been a clash of thoughts on that anyway, where, where it's for years people have said, we shouldn't do this and just let, just get on with the tennis. Um, mm -hmm. So here's a question that, that comes up fairly often. When you're doing a, a lobby and you really want to stand out. Obviously you can't do the same thing over and over again. Every once in a while you have to make an impact. You have to make a statement. When do you decide to go big with your designs and say, Hey, look, this, we need to have a lighting centerpiece. And when do you not do that? Is there a, a barrier or? I think the, the more lighting centric, the more lighting, as a as the star uh, designs in the architectural world, I find are on the exterior of the building. Okay. Um, right. Well, we'll do um, uh, 
corner of uh, 34th and 6th Avenue or Herald Center, we've got a huge uh, RGB uh, illumination system. It's not a video wall. Uh, it can be fed and is fed video for how it lights up in the evening um, and has this great kinetic uh, aspect to it um, and is definitely the star of that of that corner. Um, uh, I think, you know, similarly with some of the other buildings we've lit around town, you know, at night when they come on that building, the exterior of that building is the star. I think the interior, I've seen some, there's some light artists that have gotten some of their work into the, into the lobbies. And I think that's, I think that's nice. Um, mm -hmm. Again, it's a transient space. I don't know for, for the amount of time you spend in there, I'm not sure that it's, you know, if it's a double story, triple story thing that's a, that's viewed from the street. And so it also has a sort of exterior aspect to it, right? A, that you're looking at a glass wall and this is through the, the light art or piece is, is through the glass wall of the exterior. Yeah, I think that's probably worth it. Um, so many of the lobbies in Manhattan, you go in through a couple of small little doors in a very oh, opaque, right? In a very right. Uh, entrance. So the bang, the bang for the buck is, is tough or the lobby itself is actually teeny. A lot of those lobbies are right. teeny because it's, ex it's expensive space, right? That ground floor space, they want to rent it out for, for retail. Yeah. Every square inch is, is money wasted. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I guess that's the, that is the difference there is when there it's, when you're designing for comfort, that's one thing, but when you're designing to actually be the attraction, yeah. that's when you have to be big is when you actually have to be attractive and bring people right. into it, like a shopping center or something. Yeah. I think. Yeah, exactly. Like, and which is what, you know, which is what Herald center is. Um, you know, you want to be that sort of beacon from blocks away. Uh, those sound like really fun projects. They're great. It's been, it's been super fun. Uh, this week we go tomorrow. Actually, I go to look at, um, showboat casino, uh, down in, down in Atlantic city. Uh, wants to redo the exterior of their building. Nice. Yeah. Very exciting. So when it comes time to those big extravagant attractions, do you usually find you like it better to do it all by yourself and come up with all the vision on your own? Or do you like to collaborate and kind of work together to see what's new and what's fresh and, and whatnot? Collaboration is certainly key. Uh, you know, if there's an architect or, or an interior designer involved, they're, you know, they're top of the list from a collaboration standpoint. A lot of the developers that we work with directly also have very strong design opinions. Uh, so that's, that's something that we're always, you know, working in collaboration with. Um, and then uh, on the live events, certainly uh, the, you know, the producers. Uh, and then um, I have a couple team members that, that depending on the project, uh, I'll bring in and certainly bat around certainly bat around ideas. Um, you know, I think a lot of the times I probably, I find that I'll, I'm either translating my client's vision, like they'll mm -hmm. come with a very heavy handed vision and then we're translating it um, into something that's doable. Okay. Uh, or we're pitching a concept uh, and then that concept gets fleshed out amongst the team uh, and then, and then we come to, you know, and then we're there to, to really find, to really fine tune it. Um, 
so yeah, there's a couple different ways that it, a couple different ways that it goes, but I really do like, I do like collaboration. Cool. It sounds like when you're forming a team, you're not really looking for many yes men. It looks like you're looking for people that are going to challenge you and push you further. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I, and I, I think with all the relationships that I have, even if it's just, uh, you know, even with the manufacturers reps too, um, you know, to say, Hey, we've got this project. I see you have something that does this kind of a thing. Do you also have this kind of a thing? And, you know, I think everyone likes to have, everyone likes to have, you know, at least feel like they had some input in, in what, when what's moving forward. So when you're looking to build a team, what are you looking for? Are you looking for young? Are you looking for experienced? Are you looking for, uh, an education? It's funny, every, you know, I've, over the years, there's three or four people that are sort of become, become my go-tos. And I think the key is that, you know, you have to be passionate about what you do. You have to be a very clear communicator. Uh, uh, and you need to be, you need to be okay with um, the situation always changing. Because we, as we have, you know, we, we're not in control of our clients like that. We like to think we are. That's very Buddhist of you. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the plan for today. Tomorrow it's going to change and you all have to be cool with that. Yeah. You know, cause I, cause that's, it's what happens, you know, years ago I had, uh, years ago I had, uh, a rental agent at, um, I'll date myself at, uh, at production arts and, uh, and they would, they would give me a hard time when I wanted changes to the rental order as the design developed. Right. And I was like, this is the process, right? Like I put it in an order based on what I thought the thing was going to be. And now that we've gone back and forth with the client a little bit, here's what it really is. And I'll need, and I, you know, and I'll promise you that I'll probably call you tomorrow and make another change. Yeah. And that seemed just exhausting to them. So it's, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I always have to laugh when anything comes to me in my inbox and it says final draft. Right. Or, or I like one because then it usually goes final, 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 mm -hmm. final, final, right? Like what do you name it after final? Final V3, final V4, <laughs> final V5. I think you like, you stick guys. The, just stick with the version. You're good to yeah. go. And you can just go as many versions as you want. I, I never would kid myself to put final on no, something until after the show is complete. Then it's final. Like, right. And it, even then it's, it's just more final. It's the current. That's right. <laughs> well, it's final. It's final until you get to rethink it. Right. So. Absolutely. It's final until you kind of step back and look at it and talk to the other lighting design firm that's in the, the same building and get their input. <laughs> <laughs> I asked them sort of tongue in cheek. I asked my client if they wanted me to go consult with them and they said that wouldn't be necessary. That's very, that's very kind of you. Very polite. <laughs> so it sounds like your theater side influences your architectural. I would imagine that now the other way has to be true as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, a sense of feeling like you can build lighting into sets, you know, certainly early on was so comfortable for, for us. And also just having a different sense of, you know, a different way of doing something because we know about product on the other side of the, on the other side of the world, right. That, mm -hmm. that can play in, in, you know, the studio world, you know, architecturals that can absolutely be working in a TV set or architect, architectural fixtures that can, you know, be part of, uh, um, 
a corporate event or, you know, so the, 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 the cross play, and I think it used to have, you know, it used arc attainment was what it was uh, dubbed for a while. And I think mm -hmm. that's just sort of, you know, I think, I don't know how to say it the opposite way. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even try, but uh, you know, I think the point is, is that it's all lighting. Right. You know, and it's, I'm surprised at how many people, particularly prospective clients who don't, who don't understand that, right? That unless I'm a TV lighting designer, they're not interested in hiring me for TV. And I, I understand why they think that's a thing, but I'm saying for me, it's definitely not a thing. Like once you understand lighting, you can apply it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, as long as you know the fundamentals, you can yeah. generally apply those. Yeah. And just like you said, now we can we can pick up things so quick. You can just reach out to a, a vendor and say, hey, this is yeah. what I want to achieve. Yeah. Help me out here. And right. uh, if you help me out, I'll help you out. Yeah. Or bring an associate in, you know, to help you do it. And, you know, who's got that expertise, right? I mean, this is surrounding yourself with excellence is by, by far the way to, to get that done. So when it comes to surrounding yourself with excellence, where are you, where are you hunting these days for the excellence? Are you looking for at the schools? Are you looking online? Is it, um, uh, I've got design a, firms. I keep a LinkedIn ad running for an intern and for an associate designer. Um, and that seems to, that's, that seems to bring in enough interest, uh, you know, that there's, one or two a month it's not huge but it's enough that there's you know that there's there's some churn there um and then uh certainly reaching out to my alma mater suny purchase uh nyu uh parsons depending on you know depending on what i'm looking for so such a wealth of uh, of talent there in the in oh, your neck great. of the woods it's great it's really good um i'm teaching now at manhattanville college uh but they don't they don't graduate as lighting designers, the, the course I'm teaching there is more of how to communicate with a lighting designer because they're all, they're all graduating as choreographers, directors, those sorts of, you know, so it's, it's, a, it's a little different, a little different take. What a great course. Did you come up with that? Yeah. I, I can't even tell you how happy I am to hear that that's a topic of a class where... They, just, call, it, they call it lighting design, you know, beginning lighting design. Okay. But what I explained to them that I was doing is that seeing as they're not going to be lighting designers, like I'm going to skip all the, I'm going to probably skip the entire chapter on electricity. I'm going to skip the, you know, like, and all this, and that stuff's relatively arcane these days anyway. Right. Yeah. Like that doesn't apply anymore. Right. You know, how many lights can go in a dimmer and this sort of, uh, you know, stuff yeah. that basically most of us will never need. So it's been, a, I, I taught it, uh, I've taught it for uh, two fall semesters now, and this will be the, this will be the third. And I, I've honed it little by little to, to have it be much more about communicating with the lighting designer. Just for them to know that when they come to us with a, an idea like, Hey, can you make it look floofy and yeah. ethereal and, uh, but subdue? Like, can you be, right. <laughs> let's work on our, let's work on our vocabulary here. Right. Let's, I think I could do that though. I think I could, that's a, right. That, that's part of our job, right? It's I've been guilty of <laughs> using it myself, but I had to back it up with a bar napkin sketch or something that I, what I thought floofy and ethereal meant. Yeah. But yeah, for you to be able to just sit down with a choreographer and say, look, when you say this, I think this, if you are trying to 
lead me on a path. You're going to have to hold my hand a little bit just so I can get to where you're coming from. One of the, one of the main assignments is uh, every class I have them take, uh, I have them take photos of lighting specific photos. Right. And, and then we talk a lot about uh, emotion and lighting uh, within the photos. So it, it becomes, it's sort, of, it's sort of like a lookbook for them to sort of go back to and reference when they're trying to, you know, when they're trying to, to get an idea. Across. That's great. Right. Everyone's uh, got a smart, everyone's got a smartphone, right? So it's yeah. like, it's your best tool. Sometimes I would imagine that you're this much the same as I am and all that's all we need. We just need a color yep. and an emotion yeah. and a tempo or, you yeah. know, something, just give us a broad generalization right. and we're, we're we're both at a level where we're gonna, we can just run with that. You're like, oh, you want red, fast, and and angry? I can right. do that all day long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're back to EDM. I heard. I see. <laughs> <laughs> or if even if an artist is able to come to you and say, hey, look, man, this is this was inspired by this, then we can usually take that and, and roll with it. Yeah, that's huge. So when you are teaching, what made you feel that you're like, yeah, I'm finally at a place where I have something to say and you had enough confidence to go in and like, yeah, I'm, I'm interesting. I, I have enough experience that I can teach you something. I will admit the each semester when, it, you know, cause it's new kids. Uh, I have more butterflies walking into that <laughs> class than any meeting or any, you know, like it, it is very interesting how, making the want to communicate to them my love for what I do and hope that oh. they right? Like is makes it just makes it, but it's so freaking nerve wracking. Oh, that is a genuine emotion right there yeah. to be able to go into a crowd of people who may or may not care about your side of the industry and you have to portray how important yeah. it is to you and it's your yeah. life's work. Yeah. Wow. You know, so I, I usually start with, you know, I start with like what I did that past week as a lighting designer, right? Oh, like, that's a good, that's like a good the opener. day in the life, right? And then, I'm, and then that's it about me, right? Like that's just a, like, that just gives them a sense of like how I make money as a lighting designer. Okay. Because right? otherwise it's just like, you know, you say I'm a lighting designer. People are like, really? How do that's you do job? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you know we follow we follow a we we follow us a, a book but i it's only it's only to be able to have a place to start right it's just a it's just a, just prop. a yeah it's just a prop. <laughs> everybody keep your own book hold it don't touch anybody else's props here yeah. we go well of course now we're you know with with distance learning and i mean we actually we're going back they are we are going to be in on campus so that's great very cool. It hardly seems like an hour has flown by. I've, I'm really enjoying this. But now I really want to get to like the one question I really uh, wanted to ask. So you have such a diverse uh, resume from so many different fields. You're also teaching. What can we do to generate more diversity in, in the creative process and less yes men? Because I know that I'm seeing it in the in the 
rock and roll world where we're getting a lot of people that are so corporatized and they're so afraid to go outside the box and they're really afraid to, to shake things up. They, they're trying to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Do you have any guidance as to how people could gain the confidence to really throw their out of the box ideas into the, into the ring? And th- for me, that goes back to what we talked about earlier is it's all in the presentation, right? It's okay to have an out of the box way out there thought, right? Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It just depends on who you're pitching it to and where you are in the stacking order, right? It probably will get used because it's super cool. And if who you're collaborating with is cool enough to thank you for it, that's great. But the collaborative world is full of, uh, you know, appropriation. So it's a, it right? is. Uh, and that's, you know, that's why we do it. If I wanted to be a studio artist and sit and paint and have nobody else's input, that's what I'd do. Uh, but I always remind myself that, you know, in that, uh, that the borrowing out of an idea is by far the largest you know, form of flattery. Yes. Uh, and so just to put your ideas out there and do it in a manner that's collaborative. Yeah. Uh, but no, you know, but make sure you've, you know, make sure you've done the research, make sure you've done, make sure you, you know, like make sure it's a, it's not half baked. Right. Um, you know, no, it sounds like, uh, that's something that you've touched on earlier in this podcast is where once you have an idea, you have to be able to justify your idea. Yeah. If you can't justify your idea, then maybe you need to, you need to keep yeah. it baking a little longer. Yeah. Go back to the matrix. <laughs> error 404 uh did not did not upload but i think look i think the world needs new ideas right agreed so i fully agree this has been really great i really i, I appreciate your unique your unique philosophies and uh, your your bravery to just hop in there and say i i'll upload that information and i'll get back to you tomorrow that's that's really brave i can only imagine that's what it takes to to thrive in New York and, and the pace there. Yeah. It's cut, it's cutthroat, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you've, you've yeah. shown. Yeah. You know, uh, that the situation that I highlighted is, you know, is only one of numerous in the, over the years, I won't go into the others cause they're just too personal. So. <laughs> right on. Well, I am going to make sure that everybody knows about the camera ready lighting, the light bars. Great. I will definitely put a link to camera ready lighting.com as well as your, your own website, which is d1ny.com. That's right. That's great. Thanks, Christian. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate it. <laughs>